yourself to exhaustion and, um, you know, keep that dream alive. There's going to be some bumps in the road, but <clears throat> never give up on yourself and, and keep pushing forward. Yeah, and uh, Tracy, if I can just start you, I, I spoke to uh, various celebrities in the in lines of Roy Jones Jr., why did he get into boxing, and Maurice Green, why did he get into athletics, and for the, some of them, like for Roy Jones, it was watching the likes of um, Evander Holyfield and uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, and for maybe for the likes of Maurice Green, it was just a... The, the folklore of American track. What what was your inspiration to go down the route of basketball, and was it your only option growing up as a in America to pursue? Yeah, well, well, I was blessed with with God given talent, whether it was football, baseball, or basketball. You know, I can pick up a football, I can throw it far, I can pick up a baseball and throw strikes or hit a home run. I can pick up a basketball and I can do you know athletic things with that. That, that my athletic ability was. It was it was given to me by by God, and um, when I was five years old, my first love was baseball, and that's what I always loved to do. Uh, baseball was my sport. I played football at the age of eight years old, and my family is big. I have a lot of cousins that are older than I I am, and they all you know grew up in the same area where I grew up, and they used to we all we used to walk to the park and, and play basketball, but I would never play. Yeah. And I used to always tag along, but never played. And it got to the point, you know, where they needed extra guy. And I would just sit over there and just watch it because I really didn't like basketball like that. So my cousins, being bigger and older than I was, used to pick on me. They used to throw the ball at me. They used to, you know, smack me upside the head and call me all kind of names. Like I was scared. I was a punk. And it became, you know, to the point where I was like, okay, forget it. I'll play. And I was really good at it. So... <laughs> That's how I really started playing basketball. That was the inspiration behind it. Just I got tired of my, my older cousins just picking on me when I went to the park after you know not wanting to play, and I just fell in love with the game. And uh, Tracy, if I can fast forward now your career, and it's draft night, it's 1997, you're there in the draft picking order, and... Did you expect yourself um, to maybe to go as you were definitely were the sleeper in the draft anyway going at number nine for the Raptors, but did you expect to go further up in the draft order in that night? No, I expected to be drafted uh, in between seven and nine. And after, you know, when you, before the draft, you go through uh, visits. You go to a, a visit with, you know, a lot of teams that is possibly... Uh, in the area that you may be drafted at. And I met with Toronto Raptors, and it was Isaiah Thomas, and he told me, it was, you know, I took his word for it. You know, he told me when we met before the draft, he was like, if you're going to be around during our pick, which was ninth, he was like, I'm selecting you. And, you know, so seven came around, eight came around, and I was like, okay, here we go. And uh, sure enough, you know, Toronto Raptors selected me at, for that ninth pick, and uh, it was just a dream dream moment that, you know, I didn't think it was going to be possible. You know, a high school kid coming out, uh, being a lottery pick, and you got some great players that was in that draft, and it was just shocking that, you know, I was ninth overall. Yeah, and Tracy, things started to move for you very, very fast at Toronto, and yourself and your cousin there, Vince Carter, struck a partnership that even today the likes of Raptors fans would 
Demario Rosen and Kyrie Laurie did did still opt for ye ye two before before even the greats of Demario and Kyrie and it must have been a fun time there at the Raptors because you were playing really really attacking sort of re free flowing basketball and it was a real joy to watch it was it, you were sort of lighting up the league it was flair it was fun it was you know and it it, it sort of brought basketball at that time to really whoa look at this this Raptors are a team where did they come from yeah that was some fun times you know being a teenager uh, not knowing where the hell Toronto was never been to Canada at all and you know to be drafted there and also play alongside of my cousin was just a uh, it, was, it was fun times and to be a part of an organization that was first class um uh, the city was all about, when I first got there, the city was, it was a hockey town. So you could be at the games and there wasn't too much excitement going on in the arena. It was very quiet. Uh, the fans wasn't into the, the games. Not until, you know, we drafted Vince, he came along. It was a lot of excitement because of the spectacular plays that, you know, he initiated every night. Uh, you, you had to become a fan uh, being witnessing, you know, some of the things that he did on the basketball court. And then... The my third year, Vince's second year, we were a really good team because we had some veteran players around us, older veterans that knew how to play the game, that was professional and, and, and taught us how to conduct ourselves in a professional manner, speaking of me and uh, myself and Vince. And so that year was the first year that we took that franchise to the playoffs. And, yeah. you know, the city got behind us. It was a, a great moment. And uh, it was just an electrifying time for the city and for the organization. And that's history. I mean, we made history being the first, you know, team to take that franchise to the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, Tracy, didn't you move to... Um you moved to uh, Orlando Magic and the, the T-Mac, as we know, it became power, powerful and a scoring champion in 2000 and two, 2004. And it was really, this is the Orlando Magic became the Tracy McGrady show. And basically, there, until the, uh, Dwight Howard came along there for, for his time at Orlando Magic, yeah, there hasn't been since then, you, you sort of set the tone there at Orlando. And to lead a franchise and to become what, a marquee player, in Orlando the same way Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen were building up that partnership at Boston and Kobe and Shaq were building up that at Los Angeles it must have been to say that you were the catalyst for leading Orlando into the, the playoffs and outscoring them and becoming a scoring champion it must have been a real great say yeah I've arrived here yeah I'm an all-star now I'm I'm up here yeah so that when I moved to Orlando um it was a tough decision because I did leave a, a pretty damn good team behind in Orlando in, in Toronto. Uh, but I am from Central Florida, and uh, that's where I grew up. And I, I always wanted to play for you know my hometown team. So uh, going to Orlando gave me an opportunity to blossom into you know making a household name for myself. Uh, didn't expect it to happen that quick. I thought I was going to be playing with Grand Hill, so I, I figured it'd take some time for me to. Uh, be that type of player, but it happened quicker than I, you know, expected, and I had to because, you know, Grant Hill was injured and everything was riding on my shoulders, and I just tried to do the best I can do and, and lead that franchise uh, on and off the basketball court, and uh, for four years, you know, I, you know, I tried my best. You know, it's, it's tough to win in today's game, 
or in the NBA period when, you know, you don't have another superstar uh, playing alongside of you. That's why a lot of these guys are teaming up because they realize how hard it is to win. Now, you can get to the playoffs, but you're not going to go real far, and that was the result of me when I played for Orlando. But it was fun times, you know, led the league in scoring twice, accomplished some great individual goals, uh, made the playoffs three out of four years. And then I had to depart to Houston after that fourth year. Yeah, and uh, speaking as a Houston Rockets fan, it gave me much delight at the time when you uh, arrived at Houston and to the partnership of Yao Ming and yourselves teaming up a powerhouse in the front court and yourself in the back court. And really, Houston sort of catapulted, but it was a time where this, where the Yao got injured or you got injured or you were on form and then Yao was on form to, just to try and get the both of you on the court. It just... At that time, you were Houston was really a contender, but injuries maybe just stopped you from achieving that NBA crown. Yeah, well, you know, going to Houston, um, you know, I, I had to make some adjustments on my end because Yao was here, and it was more of a slow tempo game played inside out. Um, I had to adjust my game in terms of, you know, sacrificing and. and kind of deferring to Yao um, because he was so good. And, uh, you know, it it, it was a time where we wasn't on the same page. It was a struggle because both of us was trying to figure each other out and uh, make it happen for the both of us. But once we figured it out, I mean, we were a hell of a tandem. It was just unfortunate that, you know, he got injured in the playoffs one year. And then I think when, when we finally put the pieces around us, to, to make a championship run, which is probably like my sixth year here in Houston when we had it run our test. We had a, all the pieces in, in place. So you had to run our test. You had Shane Battier. Uh, we had Carl Landry and, and Luis Scola. All our young guys have you know, got older and, and more mature and, and know how to play the game. And, you know, I got hurt. And that was the year that we were supposed to win a championship or at least play for a championship because they took – the Lakers in the second round, they took Lakers in the second round without myself and Yao uh, to seven games. And I just felt like, you know, that was the year for us. And it was just unfortunate that I got hurt, Yao got hurt. And pretty much that was the end of, you know, the, the T-Mac and Yao era in Houston. Yeah, and uh, before I bring you on to the current day and the current uh, playoffs and give your opinions on that, uh, Tracy, uh, just one uh, moment, I can't but mention it, December 2004, San Antonio Spurs, Spurs, 13 points in 35 seconds, NBA folklore, uh, tell me, was it just... Is, do you know when you're hot, you're hot. When you're streaked, is it, do, do you know what that area, the ground where you know I've banged it in from here? I know, I know it's going to go in for me. What what was going through your head once the first five or six went in? Was just like, damn, I got to keep shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just one of those uh, rare moments in sports, man, where you just you can't duplicate anything like that. Is you know what we like to call the unknown. Uh, of, of greatness and great players in the NBA. Just, that's why you never leave the game because something like that spectacular could happen. But uh, that was a night that, you know, San Antonio, has, as always, give us problems uh, because they're a really great defensive team. And, you know, it's an in-state rivalry. And I kind of struggled a little bit through three quarters. And uh, the game was pretty much over. We were down 12 with like 35 seconds left. And, 
you know, I hit a couple shots. Once I hit that four-point play on Tim Duncan, then the basket became so big to me. And um, it, it, you know, just felt like that every shot I was going to take was uh, was going to go in. And I think our team at the end did a great job of executing uh, on, you know, fouling these guys, putting them on the free throw line, stopping the clock. And, you know, when we were down two points on my last, uh, last three that I hit, I wasn't going for the tie. When that ball rolled to me, and uh, I got it. The whole time I'm thinking about going for the win, and I knocked that three down, and it felt good from the time that I, I went up for the shot and released it. I knew it was going in. So just one of those rare moments, uh, great memories, and uh, one of the best comebacks in NBA history. I was glad to be a part of that. And Trace, if I can bring you back now to the modern day, the current NBA playoffs, we already have Cleveland gone through beating the Indiana Pacers and much fancy now many people will think Golden State Warriors will have a sweep there of Portland Trailblazers there. The big two looks like they've gone through the first round fairly unscathed, fairly uneasy. Is that a fair assessment? Say that again. The the big two, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and Golden State Warriors, the first round, it seemed to be a, a sweep for them fairly easily. Yeah, well, you know, they, these are the two teams that we suspect that is going to be playing for the championship for the third year. So, um, you know, they, I, I didn't expect the Pacers to go out on a sweep. I just felt like, you know, they had some good talent on there, having a, a, a star in Paul George that they can at least you know, win one game, but I didn't expect the sweep. That just shows the greatness of LeBron James and the, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And do you think do you think Paul George will leave now? Uh, he seems frustrated. Uh, he seems frustrated, and you know, there's talks that he wants to go back home and play in Los Angeles. Uh, so, I don't know, it's a waiting game. We, we just got going to have to wait and see uh, what Paul George ends up doing, but you know, as far as the, the Golden State-Portland series, is what I expected. I, I just think Golden State has too much firepower to throw at Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Yeah, and uh, if we bring you on to another tie there, Houston are leading Oklahoma. Many people dubbed it Russell Westbrook against James Harden, the scoring feats. And maybe that maybe Russ just at the moment just doesn't have the support around him, which James Harden has in relation to uh, Lou Williams and uh, Eric Gordon. Is that proving the difference at the moment? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's been uh, a great series thus far. Know, with these two guys going at it, the two MVPs of this league. And when you think about the Houston Rockets, I mean, they, they have a lot of firepower as well. You talk about uh, two guys that's coming off the bench and scoring 20 points. I mean, they, they score at will. And then you have Russell Westbrook, who plays his heart out every night. And when he sits out, you know, he can have a lead, but when he sits out, he just doesn't have that same type of firepower that James has and those guys, you know, lose a lead. I mean, after these guys worked so hard to build up a lead for them. And it's, 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 it's frustrating for Russ. I know it is. But, you know, what can you do? You, you only, that's the hand that you dealt with. And you got to go out and, and compete the best way you can. But, you know, it, it is no doubt in my mind who's the MVP of this league when you, you talk about uh, Russell Westbrook and what he's playing with. And, you know, having these guys in the sixth seed, you know, competing in the Western Conference is, is pretty tough. So he's done an outstanding job. And uh, Tracy, another tie there. Clippers against um, Jazz and Blake Griffin gone now. Is that a 
bonus for the Jazz, does that make it a 50-50 tie now? Would, would Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan have the Clippers enough to get them over? Yeah, I think well, you, you, you know, losing Blake for the playoffs, you're losing uh, 20 points out of your starting lineup. Now, the question is, who can step up and fill Blake's shoes? And it's not just going to be one guy. I think it has to be, you know, a collective effort. And I just don't know if you know they're capable of doing that on a consistent basis. Uh, Utah is looking pretty good, having Rudy Gobert back, um, being the anchor of their defense. I mean, he looked tremendous last night with. You know, having a double-double after missing a couple games. And Joe Johnson, I mean, you're talking about a guy that, that is clutch. He's been clutch his whole career. So um, I, I think it's, it's up for grabs. But, you know, Utah has to go to uh, to L.A. And, and see if they can win another game. And if, I think if they can win this game uh, five and go back home, they have a chance to close it out. So. We'll see. Chris Paul has to be great every night, though, for these guys to win. And do you think San Antonio are still dangerous? I know Tim Duncan, any any team losing a colossal like Tim Duncan is going to affect them. And do you still think Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, these veterans around uh, the likes of Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldrin, are they still dangerous? Can they still up, upset the capital, apple cart in the Western Conference? And do, do they have the potential maybe to really run the Golden State Warriors still under Popovich? No, I, I don't think uh, Memphis would be able to win this series. Um, although, you know, David Fisdell has been doing a, a great job of coaching these guys from game to game. Um, you know, Memphis did what they were supposed to do is win their two games at, on their home court. But I just don't know if they could go to San Antonio and win a game. Uh, and we'll see tonight. Whoever wins this series, the, the game tonight, I think, will win this series. So uh, I look forward to watching it, but I just don't think Memphis will be able to overpower uh, San Antonio in this series. But great series, though. Yeah, and then Washington, Atlanta, you have the, the guards, Wall and Beal against the, the front court of Millsap and Dwight Howard. And is it the case there of, who, if it's a case of Wall and uh, Beal get hot, that Washington might have enough from outside to win it? I actually have Washington winning this series, and I have Washington winning tonight. I just think with the the, the backcourt of Bill and, and John Wall, I think they would be too strong. I mean, I know they were uh, outplayed in, in, in game uh, three, but I think tonight, you know, those guys would be locked in. Um, one of the Morris twin would be locked in, and I, I think they will – uh, play better defense than they did uh, in that game three and, and lock these guys down. But uh, Dwight Howard, has, he has to be better. You know, he has to be the anchor for that defense. He can't score six and six points and seven rebounds if they want to win this series. He has to be great. Paul Millsap stepped his game up and he played exceptionally well in game three. Uh, we just got to have that consistency. If, if those guys can do that, maybe they'll give themselves a chance to win tonight, but I'm going to take Washington tonight's game. And the last tie, I'll, before I give you on your verdict on who do you think the final will be and who will win it, uh, Chicago and Boston, uh, Boston through the series, through the league, Isaiah Thomas, Al Horford, they were flying and waiting in the wings, the old veterans, Dwayne Wade and Rajon Wando, they're still a big series in them, and Boston are being put to the pin at our collar. Yeah, you're talking about uh, having, you know, added respect for a guy and Isaiah Thomas and what he's been going through over the last two weeks with losing his sister in a car wreck. And the guy has been playing out of his mind. I mean, I just don't know, you know, any 
anybody is capable of having that type of focus when they're out on the basketball court when dealing with a death in the family. And, you know, he's, he's showed us that, you know, he's able to do that. Um, Boston Celtics is, you know, they, I, I didn't feel like they were a number one, a legit number one seed. That's why I picked this to be an upset. Now I'm going to have to change my pick because Rajon Rondo is out of this series. All right. I, I felt like if he was in this series, you know, moving forward, because they took a 2-0 lead going back to Chicago, not having him really hurts Chicago chances of winning this series. So I think Boston will uh, uh, take this series, but I tell you, man, if, if Rondo was out there with these guys, um, I, I think it would have been a different story. And uh, Tracy McGrady, uh, who's going to be in the NBA final and who's going to win it? Well, I'm going to have to go with Golden State and Cleveland again. And I just think with, you know, Katie getting, you know, uh, a lot of rest, not being in the lineup and, and playing in these first few games, he's just, you know, I think it's going to benefit him um, throughout the playoffs. And I think they're going to get by, uh, if whether it be San Antonio, whether it be Houston, I think they'll get by them. And then on the Cleveland side, you know, I don't see really anybody in the East challenging Cleveland. I'll, I'll say Washington will give them the best challenge, but I still think Cleveland will, you know, get past them and get to the finals. And then in the finals, I just don't think uh, Cleveland will be, be enough to, to beat Golden State. I'm going to take Golden State in seven games. And uh, for all our listeners there, I just want to make a, a mission myself. Um, I'm probably one of Tracy McGrady's biggest fans. I've followed him uh, all throughout his career. He was an idol of mine playing basketball growing up. So it's a, a massive honor for me to interview one of my uh, all-time heroes. So it's a massive honor. And Tracy, thank you. Thanks a million. No, thanks, brother. Appreciate you, man. Okay, cheers. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.